This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, back with you here on Lake Night. Sashita told Charlie, Charlie's not hammer. We got an open for one Matthew Collar. That we typically play. It's not your. It's not your. It's not your fault. I, I'm not. You know. I should have probably prepped you. Although I do. I did kind of throw you under the bus. You know. I'm I, not really going to throw you under the bus. I know that. I know that the guy that's on the John Schuster Call Baker Hotline, Matthew Collar, Purple Insider, he's going to throw you under the bus, though. No, no. I think that's poor leadership on your part, Henry. <laughs> I'll be the Mike Zimmer of the situation. I'll be the Mike Zimmer of the situation. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, man. Uh, my sunburn, uh, you know, is maybe not great uh, from this uh, training camp. Uh, but aside from that, uh, I mean, I got to tell you, man, that joint practices are like games. Like, they're just intense. Um, you know, or maybe I guess it's been so long since I've seen a game. Uh, this is the most intense football that I've seen. But when you have Nick Bosa out there going hard against Christian Derrissaw, and Justin Jefferson roasting dudes in the secondary, like like this is this is football, man. I mean, this is the the big practices and the big week for them to make some real decisions. So it was uh, it was an exciting practice today. All right, for a second there, I was about to have a heart attack because I thought that I had missed something because when you said son and you had kind of had that pause and you said burn, I thought you. I thought you were about to say on air that you had a son. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what, what did I miss? What's going on here? What, 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 have, what have you and Sloan been hiding? But I'm, I'm glad that you clarified that with the, with the sunburn. But, but what did you make of the, uh, the practice between the joint practice between the 49ers and uh, the Minnesota Vikings today? Yeah, the only time I have sons is when I play pickup basketball. Then everyone is uh, <laughs> made my son. But, uh, no, I thought that um, you, the Vikings' offense was what I watched the entire practice. I just stood on that side of the field. Uh, if something happened on the defensive side, I didn't see it today. Tomorrow I plan on watching a lot of Trey Lance in the defense and, and writing a report off that. But I thought that there were a lot of great moments for the offense. I mean, a lot of the things that we talk about that people want to see from a Kevin O'Connell offense, a lot of – open receivers for Kirk Cousins, a lot of down-the-field targets for Justin Jefferson. Cousins and Adam Thielen have very much been on the same page during this camp. But then there's that one or two moments where you go, ooh, okay, maybe that needs to be worked on. There was one play in particular where Cousins threw an interception that you just sort of scratched your head. Like, I, I don't really know what happened there, if somebody ran the wrong route or 
if Cousins anticipated something that didn't end up coming to fruition. And that's been happening a lot during training camp. He's thrown a lot of interceptions. And that's unusual for Kirk Cousins in training camp and in actual NFL games. And I wonder if that's sort of part of the learning process. And Kevin O'Connell has talked about wanting Cousins to stay with some reads that in the past he would normally come off and maybe go to a second read or something underneath or check down. And there have been a few times where those two have had conversations. And I think that that might be a thing early in the season of O'Connell really trying to push Cousins to stay with some things, to even force the ball into some places like Mike Zimmer asked him to do last year, but it's never really been a Kirk Cousins thing. And And I guess that's the one part of the offense that I'm wondering about. But then when you see Delvin Cook run and you see Jefferson catch the ball and you see an offensive line that now with Ed Ingram starting at right guard looks like it could be okay. And I'm saying that as a, as a major skeptic who has never covered a good offensive line in Minnesota, uh, but it's actually starting to look like it might be okay. And I was very impressed with Christian Derisaw today against Nick Bosa. I mean, yeah, I think that there's a lot to believe is coming along, but also some kinks to still work out in the next 20 days or so. We're talking to Matthew Cowley. He covers the Minnesota Vikings uh, at Purple Insider. Give him a follow on Twitter at Matthew Cowley, but more importantly, go to purpleinsider.com and check out his fine work. All right, let's, let's stay there for a quick second. Ed Ingram, your thoughts about him because, look, he looked solid in the preseason game, what are you making out of the week that he's having right now? Well, I think that when you draft an offensive lineman in the second round, you want him to play. And you set up a bar that isn't very hard for him to jump over. <laughs> and Jesse Davis, uh, you know, he's a veteran player. He's made a career for himself, and that's good for him. That's not a very high bar to jump over for the second-round draft pick. So it's pretty much been set up there from day one for him to eventually work his way into this job. Because if you draft this lineman in the second round who has red flags and you overdrafted him when most were projecting him in the fourth or fifth round, I mean, he better start, right? (laughs) You can't have him uh, just lose the job and not play. Um, Or it looks like a disaster like Wyatt Davis, who's probably going to get cut by the team. So, you know, but I also think that Ed Ingram has shown reasons to believe that he's got a little more there than a lot of the right guards of the past. You know, whether it's the Josh Klein or it's the Oli Udo or, you know, it was either somebody was washed or not good enough, like Dakota Dozier or uh, inexperienced. And so he doesn't have a lot of experience at right guard, but he does have the talent um, that, you know, it's pretty impressive to watch him pass block and so forth. But there's still going to be a learning curve when we get to the real games. Because right now, nobody's doing stunts, twists, blitzes, all the things that they throw at offensive linemen. And that's where stuff really gets dicey. And, you know, the Garrett Bradbury situation is not getting better. So I am not declaring that this offensive line is going to be great because they drafted a right guard who in training camp looks like there's something there. I remember Pat Elfline, we thought that there was something there uh, early on, and it turned out that there wasn't. You know, and I mean, even Garrett Bradbury, like early on, it looked like in his first camp that he was very impressive. So we won't be able to tell when we get, until we get into the games. But I think that, the, that he does have pass-blocking talent, and that is something that they have not really focused on a whole lot in previous years at the guard position. I think that they made an effort to consciously get someone in the draft whose specialty was pass block. All right, Matthew, let's get back to something that you mentioned a couple of minutes ago. 
Bill Pryor, you, you were talking about the interceptions that Kirk Cousins is throwing. And I want to get back to that because, look, we know that we've got a new staff. We know that we've got a new head coach in Kevin O'Connell, and we know that he's got uh, familiarity with, uh, with Kirk Cousins. We, we understand all of that. But with all of that being said, are the, the interceptions, because that's typically not Kirk Cousins, is that concerning to you at all? I think it is a little bit uh, because if there is – here's the thing. There have been many coaches in Kirk Cousins' past who have become frustrated by him not letting it loose. I mean, this goes even back to Jay Gruden once was on record, and I think it was an ESPN article saying, I can't bleeping scheme you every receiver open, right? And last year, Mike Zimmer was saying, would you just throw it to Jefferson? And Stephon Diggs, I mean, Diggs did not leave Minnesota because of Kirk Cousins, but there were many times where Diggs was frustrated, just throw the ball, just let loose. Let me get a chance for a contested catch. Throw it into double coverage if you have to. Like, that's the league is sometimes you have to make tight window throws. You have to make contested plays. It's one of the reasons Case Keenum went 13-3 and three is because he just threw it up for Thielen and Diggs, and they remembered that. And then Cousins, you know, he didn't do it. So it's always been a fundamental problem of his. I have a tough time thinking that that changes. And if you have a coach who's a former quarterback who's saying, you have to make this throw. That's the scheme. You have to do it. But he's not confident in it. He's not comfortable with it. Then, then what do you get? Is it going to be interceptions? Because we've seen a lot of them. I mean, by far the most interceptions I've seen Kirk Cousins throw in a training camp. And we're, you know, we've still got more time to go here in camp. Is it a concern? Like, I, I don't know yet. It's just interesting to me that it's happening. And I wonder if when we get into games, if that will cause some consternation for Kevin O'Connell who, you know, may discover that there isn't like a way for this zebra to change his stripes, but then, you know, otherwise there have been a lot of great plays on a daily basis where it's Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, they're like, he's making great connections with them. Um, So it's kind of hard to tell, like, is this really going to be a thing or is this working out the kinks of a very new offense? All right. So you stated that you were paying attention to the offense Let's go back to the preseason game because uh, I know that you were probably evaluating all of the things that were going on with the Minnesota Vikings. W- what did you make of the defense, specifically the secondary? Because we know that Patrick Peterson, the majority of the guys just flat out didn't didn't play like playmakers um, that you know are going to play in the regular season. Daniel Hunter and and um, and who else? Uh, our new acquisitions, Darius. Uh, yet none of those guys played. Okay. In terms of the young guys that we saw, Cam Dantzler and um, Andrew Booth Jr., what, what did you make of the secondary? Yeah, that was a, a bit of a frustration for me during that game because the Raiders were playing Jared Stidham, and I've got some news for everyone listening. Jared Stidham is very bad at football, uh, so or at least uh, Oakland uh, or Las Vegas Raiders, sorry, football. Uh, he's bad at it. He didn't test those guys really at all. Uh, the, the, the the people we cared about, right? The Andrew Booth, the Cam Dantzler, the uh, Lewis Seen. And I think PFF had a total of targets between Booth and Seen as like five. And one of them, there were two penalties called on Andrew Booth. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess. You know, it's clear that the NFL is calling a lot of those penalties during the preseason. So how seriously can you really take some of them? Um, at, you know, Ed Donatel was very defensive about the penalties. I don't know. Look, it was one throw his way, and then there wasn't much else to speak of. 
The only thing that I could really take away was that Cam Dantzler played a lot, that he played something like 26 snaps and Booth played 20 or 34. And so there wasn't a massive gap there like I would have expected. I would have expected Dantzler to kind of have that locked up. And something that Kevin O'Connell said kind of about Dantzler maybe not necessarily playing all the right techniques that they wanted him to play, like that made me wonder, you know, Cam Dantzler, there's a reason why he got under the skin of Mike Zimmer and Zimmer was playing Bashad Breland over Dantzler, even though Dantzler was better, uh, probably because of some frustration with the technique or, you know, whatever assignments he wanted or how he wanted him to play that he ended up trusting Breland more, which again was a mistake, but there's always a reason for these things. So I guess that sort of caught my eye a little bit is like, do they want Booth to win this job, but he's going to have to actually get a chance to do it, which Jared Stidham and Nick Mullins did not give anybody in that secondary really a chance to make a play. Talking to Matthew Collar, give him a follow on Twitter at Matthew Collar, but Matthew Collar covering the Minnesota Vikings at Purple Insider. Um, make sure that you go to purpleinsider.com for all of the great information and coverage that he has for the Minnesota Vikings. So, um, one of the things that was frustrating to me, Matthew, over the weekend, and I, I bet that you, oh no, we, we, me and you both tweeted about this. Like, collectively, there were so many Vikings fans that were being delusional. Oh, let's go ahead and, and get rid of Alexander Madison. Oh, let's go ahead and see if we get, if we can get a first round pick for Alexander. Like, what are you talking about? What are you thinking? Like the overreaction to a preseason game in which no really good players played is mind-boggling to me. And by the way, forget about that game. Let's talk about the fact that Alexander Madison has been a Minnesota Viking for, what, three seasons, and he's played in games that matter. He's actually came in and played behind Dalvin Cook and done things that a lot of backup running backs are not going to be able to accomplish. Your thoughts on that collective like freak out by Vikings fans. Yeah, I think it's a product of the modern world, Henry, that everybody watches every preseason game and logs on and like, look, they're wearing the Vikings jerseys, so this must be real what we're watching, but it's not. If anybody blocks to create holes for Ty Chandler like that in real NFL games, and I'm not saying I didn't like what Ty Chandler did. Like Ty Chandler had a good game anyone could run for 50 yards with those. Like the, the Raiders defensive line was horrendous. The Vikings offensive line had some good players with the backups and they created some holes. And like, that just doesn't happen all that often with starting players. So the, yes, the overreaction to fourth quarter touchdown passes by Kellen Mond, like folks, we've done this many times. We've done this with the Kyle Sloters and the Taylor Heineke's and the, like, you know, somebody has a good game. Tyler Thicke. Alexander yeah, like, remember uh, Alexander Hollins, uh, like, made some plays in training camp, and it was like, well, how could they get rid of him? Like, I don't know, because he's not that good, man. Like, it's – it's uh, Madison last year, he comes into that game against Seattle. Remember, uh, Delvin Cook got hurt against Arizona week two, week three against Seattle. Pretty much a must-win game for the Vikings last year. Racks up 173 all-purpose yards. What, catches a touchdown, runs for 120 yards. Like, this is a proven NFL running back who – Pretty much every time he's been called upon to come in for Delvin Cook. Like last year, he started four games. Three of them, he had 90 or more rushing yards. The only one he didn't was against Los Angeles, where Aaron Donald 
ate their face on the front, and he didn't really have much of a chance. So, yeah, I mean, it's like this is a quality former third-round back who's done a lot of good things for them, is low-key, like, good at catching the ball at the backfield, pass blocking, like, all the things. Kenny Wongwu and Ty Chandler are exciting talents, but that doesn't mean that, that, like, you should just get rid of a good player because of that. It's like, I say, you know, I see all sorts of crazy stuff. Like, oh, he doesn't have good vision. Like, what? <laughs> okay, okay, Bill Belichick. Like, are you telling me that you know how to evaluate running back vision from watching on TV? Like, come on, folks. It's it's better to have more good players. And and you know what? Here's the other thing, Henry. This is not Madden. You're not trading a number two running back for a starting center. It's just not happening. Exactly. So just appreciate your good player because I I guarantee you, Alexander Madison – We'll have to play football. And we're at, we're at two coaching staffs now who have evaluated Madison in training camp. And, of course, the last coaching staff liked him. And have both said this guy is the number two to Delvin Cook. So I'm going to kind of lean toward their opinion on this one. I'm with you. He's Mr. Purple Insider himself, Matthew Collar. Give him a follow on Twitter and check out purpleinsider.com. He joins us here on the John Schuster Cole Banker Hotline. Hey, Matthew, man, great stuff as always, and we'll talk to you later. All right, sounds good, Henry. Thanks. All right, Matthew Collar joining us here on Late Night. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 